If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey there, leading ladies. Welcome to the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a two-time best-selling author, speaker, family physician, and executive leadership coach with over 20 years experience of providing primary care and serving as a healthcare leader. If you are a woman physician ready to make a change in your career and have a seat at the leadership table, then you are in the right place. I'm excited to provide you with the crucial skills you need to be a successful leader and strategies to deal with workplace challenges. So put on your headphones and listen as we explore the new world of building women physician leaders. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Rise Up and Lead Telesummit. I am your host, Dr. Lisa, a bird certified family physician, two-time best-selling author, speaker and executive leadership coach. And I'm excited to bring you today another amazing, amazing woman physician leader. So I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Erica Goodwin today. So I'm going to introduce her to you, and then we're going to get into some questions about her journey and about a topic I think that will interest most of you, which is imposter syndrome. Dr. Erica Goodwin is on a mission to help you be better, do better, and live better. She is a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist, best-selling author, top-rated speaker, integrative lifestyle coach, and creator of the hit series, Better with Dr. Erica. Dr. Erica works with organizations and high-performing individuals who are stuck and want to get back to getting better results and living a better life. Within a few moments of being with Dr. Erica, you can see why executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs hire her to get to the next level. She takes Ivy League strategies and simplifies them into easy-to-use steps that everyone can relate to. Dr. Erica's down-to-earth style makes it easy for everyone to relate to her story, feel seen, heard, and look within to access greater levels of personal and professional breakthroughs. Dr. Erica is known as one of few medical professionals who will tell you what they don't tell you, but you really need to know. Her evidence-based methods go against the grain of common myths about success that sound good, but don't really work. She will show you in your organization secrets used by some of the world's greatest achievers and translate them into practical steps that can change your life forever. Dr. Erica's story is proof that when you know better, you can do better. So without further ado, welcome Dr. Erica to the Rise Up and Lead Telesummit. Thank you. I am beyond excited to be here. Yes, and we are beyond excited to have you here. I was reading your bio and I thought every word of this is true. (laughs) I feel all of the love. (laughs) 
Like all of yes, it. Yes, yes. Down to earth. I mean, tell you what you need to hear. All of that, all of that is so very, very true about you. So I'm excited to have you here today. So I wanted to first just get into um, a little bit about your journey. So can you tell our doctors and our listeners a little about your journey as a physician leader in psychiatry and how you now incorporate this integrative lifestyle coaching for professionals? Sure. So as all of us, our, our journey started when we were young. Naturally, I wanted to be a doctor since I was three, and it felt like a total blessing to know what I actually wanted to do from a young age. And I went to Spelman, I went to Emory, then I went to Morehouse School of Medicine for residency, did a congressional fellowship on the Hill, and then did my child training at Harvard. And I thought I was checking all the boxes and I was going to have the best career ever. So I ended up kind of transitioning into becoming a traveling psychiatrist and doing locum tenants full time. And I was very blessed as far as along the way being inspired by so many leaders, but also in addition to having been a graduate of Spelman College, it really ingrained in me the value and the power of being a woman and the ability to be a woman physician leader because I was just surrounded by so many powerful women leaders and I ended up transitioning because there was um, this, I hate to use this word, but it's the most appropriate word, this crazy job I was in that totally shifted my career direction. And I had a few shifts, but one shift was huge. And I'm sure Dr. Lisa's going to ask about it, so I don't want to give it all away. But I, I'd say the short version is, is that I just realized from a young age and then practically that I was just destined to do something a little bit more creative with my career than to have the traditional career of just seeing patients. Great. That's wonderful. And it's so important, you know, for us to have that support system and to be surrounded by, you know, like-minded people, mentors, and leaders who you can look up to. So, so that is definitely something that I think that you were, like you said, blessed to have. Tell us a little bit about the most difficult part of that journey. The most difficult part of that journey for me is what inspired me to totally change the direction of my career, which was when I had finished training, I ended up moving into locum tenens work. I thought I had found the perfect position. I'd been there about eight months. I had a lot of clinical responsibilities. I was teaching. I was an administrator. I was a director of consultation liaison psychiatry and was just doing a whole bunch of stuff. And they were like, hey, we want you to come on full time. I saw all of my billing numbers. It looked like not only did I love my job, I was going to be paid. So I signed my name on the dotted line expecting that not only was I going to go do something I love, but that I was going to get compensated more money than I had ever seen. And what happened was I did not hardly get paid. Wow. <laughs> so I was working all the time and I was the director of CL. I was also the associate medical director. I saw patients on an inpatient geriatric unit. I also saw all the consults in the hospital and I taught and we had a very small group 
call group, it was four of us. And then one person died and we went to a three person call group on a very busy um, set of clinical units. And I was literally working all the time, but I can tell you all the nitty gritty because these are physicians is that um, someone cherry picked off all the good payers. So I had a lot of uninsured people and manage Medicaid. So I'd have people for full hospital stays and I was getting checks for $0, $4 and $12. Mm -hmm. So I was not only working all the time, I was not always getting paid. Wow. It was a tough time because I was just physically and mentally exhausted because I know all of you out there that have had a heavy call schedule and, you know, people don't wait to get admitted. You know, they don't all decide they're going to do it in the nine to five and we aren't in residency anymore. So that you had your post call and you go home early isn't happening. I was literally working all the time. And I just realized I could make almost as much money sitting on my couch as I was going to work some days. Wow. So that was definitely, I guess, an eye opener for you in terms of finally being able to make a shift and also being able to speak up about that, right? And having a voice behind those things that you felt that you deserved. It so, was. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of segue into that a little bit. I wanted to talk about this phenomenon called imposter syndrome, where, as you know, you know, imposter syndrome is the belief that at least for most women or women professionals, that when we get to a certain place in our career, we start to believe that we don't belong there, or we start to believe that all of the things that we achieve just happen by chance and not really because we have the education and the skills and all the experience to be there. And those beliefs, you know, actually can cause career suicide. It can cause us to be stuck in a position where we don't want to be or where we shouldn't be. So I'm wondering if for you, if some of that, you know, was something that you experienced and if so, what are some of the ways in which you can tell our physician leaders who are listening, what are some of the ways in which we can start to sort of battle that imposter syndrome and thrive again? Thank you so much for that question. I have experienced it and almost, almost everyone I know, especially women have experienced it. And unfortunately, imposter syndrome is one of those things that sometimes the way things are set up, it almost primes you to have it. And I think it's one of the reasons that us as especially women physician leaders have experienced it is because the construct around it literally puts you in a situation because a lot of times the characteristics that make us or we were taught to have as women are not ones that are rewarded in leadership or medicine at times, as far as humility, mm, okay. um, questioning ourselves as far as to make sure that we're the best before we approach something. So a lot of times medicine rewards the confidence that a lot of men have that you didn't necessarily have to earn that confidence. Just having the confidence is a point. And one of the things I think for me that I realized was I was constantly questioning myself. And I think partly because I have a very eclectic personality. <laughs> so I've, I've never been someone that fit into just one box. And a lot of that questioning puts you at places where you're always kind of looking over your shoulder, 
you may be slow to answer because you want to make sure you have the exact right answer. So it's almost like this combination of how perfectionism plays into parts of imposter syndrome. And you're always wondering if someone, you know, you'd be looking over your shoulder wondering, is, is someone going to realize I don't know what I'm supposed to know? When in fact, I knew it. But I think for me, it was continuing to work to have the confidence and then knowing how to show up in a way that was going to be appreciated by others. But um, to go back to the other part of your question, as far as three things I would recommend your listeners do, I call them seven areas of better. So seven areas of behavior or life that can help your life in general just be better and so you can live and lead better. And there are two of these areas that I think fall very well into three things I would say for today. One is the area of support. And that's, I call it in this context, it's like phone a friend. So having a crew, a tribe, your friends or family, colleagues around that if you start feeling questioning yourself of, do you belong? Are you qualified? Is that those people that can remind you all of the great things about you that we all forget? In a way, that support acts as their fact checkers. They are people that help you stay reality-based. The next way to stay reality-based is in an area I would call self-talk, but it's in the area of self-talk. I look at it as research, is because it's you're going to look at your CV, the things you've accomplished yourself to remind you that you are qualified to be there. You are qualified to do what you have to do. And the bonus there is you can always look at the people around you and remind yourself what they did, that they're qualified and compare what you have. And most times you will probably have even more. The third is another area of self-talk, which is the messages that you're going to tell yourself. So that's a great place for affirmations and telling yourself how great you are, reminding yourself how qualified you are, circling back to the fact that you can do anything. And with those affirmations, you can make them lofty, but it puts yourself in the I am, I can, I will situation versus the I can't, I don't, or I'm not qualified. I love those three tips, you know, and I think that me myself definitely have used all three of them. And a lot of times I have to remind myself to pull out that toolbox of using those in the imposter syndrome hits. But the first one being support is so on point because we forget that there are people out there who do support us and who, like you said, will be our fact checkers or even our truth tellers, right? To really tell Mm -hmm. us about what we don't see sometimes. The second one of self-talk in the sense of, you know, looking at the things that you have accomplished is something I think that we don't do often enough, you know, looking back at our accomplishments. And then the third one being affirmations, and that's just the things that we tell ourselves. I'm wondering, Dr. Erica, do you have a favorite affirmation? What's one of the things that you tell yourself? Wow, I have a few. (laughs) But one of my favorites is then there are so many different ways to do affirmations. And uh, my mindset coach recently taught me a new one. And one of the ones I love is. Why do I have so much money that I have no idea what to do with it? So I have to keep calling my financial planner to figure out how to manage it. Because, you know, I know they always say, you know, money won't buy you happiness. Money doesn't do this. Money doesn't do that. But it's amazing the amount of freedom you can get to do anything else you want to do when you're not concerned about money. 
Most definitely. I like that one because you're almost just telling yourself that you have it. Yes. She calls it a lofty question. Yes. <laughs> and, it, and it works with neuroplasticity and it helps your your mind then aligns to put things together to make it true. I love that one. I love that one. So thank you so much, Dr. Erica, for taking time out to speak with us today, for dropping your wisdom and your pearls, for sharing with us your story, and for helping us to get a little bit better insight into imposter syndrome and how we might you know, deal with it um, on a day-to-day basis. So we have been talking with you, and if any of our listeners would want to reach out to you, how do we find out more about Dr. Erica? Oh, and thanks so much again for having me. Anytime I can be around Dr. Lisa is a good day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's true. It is It is true. All of you all that are listening, you need to listen to every single thing that Dr. Lisa tells you because she's going to tell you the truth and it's going to be brilliant. But back to what she actually asked me is you can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can find me at Dr. Erica, that's D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all of those platforms. Great, great. Thanks for sharing that. And we also want to share with you that Dr. Erica has an amazing gift that she would love to give you. So make sure you grab it. Dr. Erica, do you want to share with us um, how we can grab that free gift from you? Yes, I am so excited to bring this to you today. I was sitting thinking, what could your listeners really use? And one of the things everyone has been struggling with is how to manage feeling overwhelmed, especially with everything going on right now. So what I have for you is the Overwhelm Blueprint, and it literally goes step-by-step on some key things that you can do that can help you fight and beat overwhelm. You can get it at overwhelmblueprint.com. That's overwhelmblueprint.com. Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Erica. I'm sure that all of our listeners will be able to benefit from that free gift from you because certainly during these times, we are all dealing with overwhelm. So we really, really appreciate you sharing that with us. So thank you so much again for joining. And for all of our listeners, if you want to find out more information about how to thrive as a leader, please remember that we are having a conference coming up. It's called the Rise Up and Lead Conference. February 2nd through the 3rd. So please go and get your early bird tickets. You can go to www.riseupandleadconference. That's Rise Up and A-N-D Lead Conference and grab your early bird tickets. The early bird price will only be available for the first two weeks. And we've been talking today again with Dr. Erica and we just appreciate, appreciate you joining us. And we hope to talk to you again soon. I hope you have me back soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening today and for allowing me to be a part of your career journey. To continue receiving leadership support, I invite you to join our private Facebook group, Building Women Physician Leaders at www.leadingladiesincharge.com. Until next time, take care. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. 
There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.